You're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back once again to your celestial one-stop pod for all things Rugby Sevens. We're sorry to all you folk out there because we Bruno mars you. You've been locked out of seventh heaven from the pod that takes you to paradise all this time. But we're back with a bang. And while we've got the same team sheet, it's a slightly different formation because I'm here, Bernsey. Mitch is here. Chip's here. But. Burtz is also here from the top. It's an awesome foursome now, bringing you the best thing in Rugby Sevens from around the globe. Welcome to Seventh Heaven. Guys, good to have you back. Banging in at the start with the Bruno Mars reference, Burnsy. Trying to, I understand what you're doing now. We talked about a demographic of the pod. I see what you're doing there. You're the old guy trying to mix it with the youngsters. Draw them in. Well done. It's exactly. Very good, Burnsy. Exactly. Great am intro. I, am I down the am I down with the kids and Burts? The Bruno Mars reference? Um don't go that far, but yeah, it's, it's it's in there. It's getting in there with, with generation Z, I think I am. So that's not that's not the ringing endorsement I was after, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. You're a work in progress, Bernsey. So, Burtz, we've loved the breakdown so much that you're here from the top of the show and you're sticking around for the whole thing and we're going to hear more from you. Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a job upgrade. Doing a bit of the breakdown and now come and join the big boys. Welcome to first grade, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer on the bench. <laughs> nice, nice to have you on board, rookie. <laughs> I'd say you what, but you're going to regret it. About five minutes more, I'd say, and you'll be straight out. You'll be you'll be back to doing as little as you possibly can. <laughs> you'll be sick of us. Um, been away for a few weeks, uh, getting a bit of R and R while Bert, Mitch, and Chip focus on the big picture, which is GB and the Tokyo Olympics. And with that in mind, we're going to be changing things up a little bit on the pod. That not all of us are always going to be here for every episode, but we are going to be getting some guest presenters, some new faces just to give you your sevens fix, even if the going gets tough in training. So I think that's all to be revealed. We're not going to let them know yet, are we, everyone? Keep them guessing. We'll keep it under wraps. Keep it under wraps. Yeah, it's a bit like line of duty, like just the teasers each week, keep people coming back. Who knows who's doing what, who's, you know, who H's, who's going to be delivering in the clouds. It's all very much one and the same. Mother of God. I mean, this is going to be so specific to UK listeners, but how good is Line of Duty? I'm 20, I've got 20 minutes left to watch of last night's because I fell asleep. So we'll, <laughs> it's great. It is great. But the last 20 minutes, please do not reveal. And for the sake of the listeners who are also watching on Catch Up, we'll leave it. Yeah, I don't think we should, should be spoiling LOD. But we can, talk, can we talk about last week? You probably talk about last week. That Didn't you love it that they made us wait two episodes before Ted Hastings said Ben Carpers? 
Like, I was, li- <laughs> I was literally in the living room, fist pumping the air when he dropped it. <laughs> Draco Malfoy doesn't have a clue what's going on here. I got no clue. This is my microphone for the week. I've got absolutely no clue. I don't even know what you're on about. Oh, my well, God, Bert. Don't worry about it, Bert. That's, that's what's wrong with your generation. No, this is why Bert's is on, is because to remind us in moments like this that we need to stop talking out of our rear ends because not everyone knows what rubbish we're talking about. What are you watching on the TV then? What's, what's hip at the moment? What's hip? Oh my God, I sound like <laughs> such a granddad. Can we, I'm going to edit that out. What are you watching what's on the TV? No, 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 you can't edit that out, Bernsey. Leave that in. What's hip at the moment? I quite like RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race no UK. Chance. No, that's it. Full stop. Next. We're not my watching miss, My missus yet. loves Rubbish. a bit of rupee. My missus loves a bit of rupee. There we go. You need to just, for the whole audience, you need to have a wider range, not just line of duty. Line of duty? I find that they're quite, they're like haters though on each other. They're always like, oh, this person's a bitch. Like, oh, this, it's quite catty. I don't, I don't feel it's very uplifting. See, some seasons are like that, but you just need to get in, get into the love of it. Like, I love the drama. It's so good. They just rip into each other constantly. And what's, what's even better about it is that one minute they're dressing like blokes and the next minute they look better looking than what I do when I go on a night out. And I'm like, fair play, fair play. You know what I mean? So it's, it's an art. It's an art form. I can't wait for people to tune into this episode and just think, and just think, check their phones, think, am I listening to 7th Heaven Pod or have I gone on to fucking Radio Times. of the Week's television? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we got onto it, but the main thing is that, Bert, you're going to be a permanent fixture along with all us three and we're going to be getting some cool guests on. I haven't even told everyone about the guests that we've got on this. We've got, we've got Alona Ma, the USA Eagles 7s superstar coming on. Really, really interesting chat that Bert's and I had with her earlier today. So we're going to get into that. But let's get an update from all you three. I want to hear what's been going on in your lives, but also what's been going on at GB Camp, because you've all been in there up at Loughborough University, getting to know the squad and well, trying to win places to Tokyo, I guess. Yeah, it's been a it's been a busy couple of weeks to be honest Bernsey hence why um, the bit of radio silence from us been in camp um, I joined a week late but absolutely loving it um, good lads in camp uh, I've been moving house moved to the Isle of Wight so sold up in London I'm down on the island now so moved out of the boxes pretty much the missus has moved everything um, apart from that not really a lot of time to breathe because we've got training when we get back on the weekends as well so it's been a pretty busy schedule if I'm being honest it is a bit different though, isn't it? Because we're doing the old camp structure, which we're not, none of us are used to, are we? Because we've not done that before. Because obviously we used to, we used to do go from home, go in training like normal clubs. So this is all a bit different for all of us, I suppose, the camp structure. So can you tell us exactly what the camp structure is like? Tell me what it's like for you boys. And then Bert's, I know that the girl slightly differs. Yeah, so anyone over four hours has a COVID test at home, four hours commute away. So I test in the morning and then I've got an allotted time slot to get there for. And then when I get there, get to training, so I get to Loughborough and then I get another test and you drive up, test in your car and then you have to go and sit in the car park. And if you don't hear anything in 15 minutes, then you're good to come in. Then you basically, you're in your rooms. So we have breakfast and dinner in a in a communal hall but everyone t- socially distanced uh, apart from that um and for rugby and gym you're in your rooms and it's monday to thursday 
and then you test on Thursday morning as well um, and then leave Thursday after gym in the afternoon so it's um, it's pretty full on but I, you kind of understand why they're take, making making life hard for us at the moment but it's for the for the greater good yeah we basically do two sessions a day don't we so we do a morning session so Tuesday morning we usually do rugby Tuesday afternoon gym Wednesday we do rugby in the morning and then a lighter rugby in the afternoon and then Thursday again is rugby in the morning gym in the afternoon you sounded like variation you sounded like fish in a rice cake then on on YouTube have fish rugby in morning Gym in the afternoon. And a rest kick. Rugby in in morning and uh, a gym in the afternoon. And then sometimes we have rugby and then rugby. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you about the women's side stuff at the moment. Thank God God Bert is here. (laughs) So ours is um, pretty similar to the boys, except for the past um, three weeks, we have been doing 15s at the weekend as well. So our week, looks pretty much the same um, except on a Thursday we just have a gym session in the morning so then we can drive back to our clubs wherever they are mine are obviously at Wasps and we train on that evening for like team run um, limited to an hour of training session rather than the whole two hours um, rest on a Friday and then play on a Saturday um, kind of depends how much you run in the week um, to what, what you're allowed to play so that's kind of what we're doing at the moment Sorry, Bert, to jump in. I had a question, but I've got a, a more immediate, pressing question. You normally do a two-hour team run. We yeah, on a Thursday we do a two-hour session. What the two hell are they doing? The who's, who's in charge there? That is terrible. Two hours. Can't, Don't be talking can't about Giselle like that. Well, Giselle is Giselle's. Cl- Mate, she's Giselle. a legend. We won't we won't single her out, but I'll single her out. Giselle, make it up. Two hours is an absolute piss take. What are you doing, Giselle? Have a word with yourself. Have you lost any games this? Have you lost any games this this year, Bert? Uh, a few. Yeah, that's because you do two hour bloody team runs. It should be twenty minutes, twenty five minutes max. They're stupid, are they? Well, we've. Because of feedback that we have given, our team runs are shortened to an hour. Um, but basically, during the week, if we've all been at the sevens and then there's a lot of the 15s girls who have been in until Wednesday, they miss our main session on a Tuesday. So actually, the first time that we'll probably come together that week is on a Thursday. So we actually do need to train a little bit longer because there's so many people slotting in and out. But I'm less emotionally triggered by this than Chippy, but, but generally just curious, what... What do you get out of the two-hour session? Is it is it going through plays, like because surely the people can slot in relatively easily enough? Yeah, it just depends like what we needed to work on from the week before. Because sometimes, like it might just be cut to an hour. So like we'll do like an hour analysis before, but sometimes in the past it has been a whole two-hour session um, of just going through like forwards, lineouts, backs, their plays, a bit about what we potentially needed to work on from the week before, but we couldn't work together with on a Tuesday. Um, and then we go into te- a team run through, which is quite extensive. Um, but we just let Giselle do her thing, really. <laughs> you know, argue, don't argue with the boss. That's a problem. That probably highlights quite some of the disruption that some of the teams are encountering. How many girls in the seven setup are playing Premier 15s at the weekend? That sounds like a lot of rugby for you girls. Yeah, so I think all of us except four were playing for the past two weeks had been playing in the Prem. Um, and it was a bit t- 
taxing on the body, um, to be honest with you. But now, um, for the foreseeable future, unless under personal, like individual basis, um, we we won't be playing on a weekend unless it's international. Like we had um, Meg, Hell, and Al. Um, or Al didn't play at the weekend, but playing the Who? Six Nations. Uh, Alex Matthews, um, Megan Jones, and Helena Rowland um, played. Um, at the weekend, they were all in 15s camp this week. Um, so it really just depends what other commitments people have got. And we had the Scottish girls who were all in 15s camp and the Welsh girls as well. So there's about five of us who weren't in camp this week for 15s clubs, uh, for 15s international, sorry. Um, I was saying, thank God you've got Ben Lonergan looking after you because he knows his stuff and he'll make sure you won't be doing two-hour sessions when you're at the sevens. S&Cs need to push back and there needs to be the balance between S&Cs and head coaches because if you let a head coach run, like someone's let Giselle off the leash, she's going to take two-hour sessions. You need to re- reel her back in. A little choke collar on the GPS data. Mate, <laughs> mate, mate, Giselle Mather is like the OG. I can't wait to get Giselle on the pod next week you to have us out with her. Get her on. Get her on. Science, science, science trumps ego every time. I'll bring up I'll bring up some of, some of my stat, statisticians, um, and, and we'll, yeah, we'll go for it. Two hours is too long. There's no, no, Rome wasn't built in a day, so you can't fix everything on a Thursday. Three three months at Quinns and he's Eddie Jones. Jeez. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years of pro, my friend. <laughs> Clive Woodward sat on the screen opposite me. It's amazing. I'm right. Yeah. So right. our weeks will start to look like the boys unless you are playing international uh, in the Six Nations from now on. Um, but our weeks will look pretty similar. So we'll train on a weekend like what the boys do as well. Will you be Will you be allowed out if you get to the playoffs in the Premier 15, so? That is a question for Mr. Charlie Hater. Ooh, okay, okay. KG. <laughs> last bit on the 15 stuff for the women. Maybe not the last bit, but another bit. What was it like the the um, girls who have been in GB camp against the uh, in the same squad, but then lining up against each other at the weekend? Because all of the Scottish girls, I think, were playing, weren't they? All of the that are in the GB squad, and obviously you mentioned the three girls who were playing. Was there any anything spicy going on? There actually wasn't, to be fair. But there was Helen Nelson and um, Hel. Helen, Helen Nelson and Helena Rowland both playing 10 uh, for Scotland and for England at the weekend. And they're both housemates as well. So that it was good to see them like line up against each other. But the feedback is that the girls like really enjoyed it, even though like England did dominate Scotland um, and then Wales did get dominated by France. But all in all, the girls said that they enjoyed it. It's a point worth making as well. when We're comparing the, the setup at GB for the men's and women's because actually... In the men's side, we're a bit game shy. Like, let's not ignore that fact. Most lots of us haven't played competitive matches for a long time. I know Chip, you're slightly different because you you're actually getting some game time at Quinns, and a few of the other guys have been playing, but a lot of the squad haven't. So it's a bit of a trade-off. I mean, women are playing maybe too much <laughs> up to this point, um, but the men's is is very much the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, that's the that's the big difference that we've that we've had. Like when when we talk about like the the program setup, we're actually pretty similar. But the 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 main difference is that we've played, and that's something that we've we spoke about as a positive and an, and also a, like a negative at the same time. But we're turning it more into a positive that 
a lot of the nations haven't actually been playing like any sort of rugby. Um, so it's good for us to get like a competitive edge in, but also the physicality, which has kind of been, which was we lacked as an, a previous English squad was the physicality on the pitch. So hopefully we can trans that, transfer that across now when we go into the, G, the GB stuff. Um, what about you, lads? Hit us with the update. Who's been impressing? Who's been shining? And you've had a few new faces come into the mix as well. Yeah, so people have kind of been drip feeding in uh, as and when. Um, so Harry Glover's the latest to come in this week. Oh, he's um, come back from Pro D2 in France. He's come come back, yeah. He had a break clause in his contract at Carcassonne, so he's back. Um, he's been doing very well, hasn't he? He's been te- tearing yeah, up. Yeah, he's been doing, doing really well in Carcassonne, so it's really good to have him back in the squad and be interesting to see how he goes this week. Um, I know my body took a hell of a whack coming back from 15s just trying to adjust to 7s my feet especially bleeding blood blisters all over the shop ankles killing um, it's hard to say who's been impressing because it's it's so tough because you like you don't know what their, their like kind of base standard of how good they are is you know before, before and the, the lads like looking at Mitch it's like I'm not comparing Mitch to how he was a year ago because the last time I trained with him because um, he's a different man now you never step in the same stream twice Love that. Love that chip. Yeah, it's a good point. I think, although I feel like we're at a place now where, uh, sort of, what are we, week five now of camp, of actually physical camp, being in together. And boys have sort of got back into the groove now. And I think as training now feels like, you're seeing fewer of those things, which is rustiness. And now people are get, starting to get back to their best. Um, it's really nice playing with, with new faces. I don't know how you found that chip, but I'm really enjoying the, one, the challenge of trying to play against people um, that you don't know and you don't know what they're going to do, but also just picking up little bits and bobs off, off people and particularly, I suppose, for me, the other playmakers. So, like, obviously, Luke Trahan and, um, and Robbie Ferguson, so the playmakers for Wales and Scotland. Um, so we have proper Norzoffs all week, like about, you know, set piece or, you know, attacking strategy the sweeping the works and it's great to bounce ideas off each other good lads as well them lads playmakers I don't know I won't comment on how they are as players because Mitch I don't know like delicate ego he's just got to keep you keep you on side just keep massaging my ego chip that's your role here you're really <laughs> you're the best looking Mitch by far <laughs> um, I'd rather be the best at rugby I think but I'll take it for now well, I'll tell you what, Robbie Ferguson last week, I don't know if he said that Rocky was telling him to, but I'm not sure. We had a kickoff session and um, he put the first one up and it was actually quite a decent kick, a bit longer than I would have liked. Um, and he was like, I missed, I jumped, jumped into the pad, missed the ball, it went out. And he said, hey, any danger? Any danger, Chippy? And I was like, fucking hell, Chippy bastard. Walk back. You don't know how good you've had it, mate. What, you don't know what? how good you've had it with me. Walk back the second then the second one was a shank from him it went short it was supposed to go wide it just went short and I came in and attacked it because as I told Mitch for years you put it up there I'll try and get it back missed it and he goes zero from two you're killing my stats chippy you're killing my stats <laughs> I was like fuck it it's like ah Jesus Christ mm. I got the third one back I just stared at him and I walked back I was like yeah that's what I'm about baby and the fourth one I'm 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 amazed that you didn't drop in like the Marcus Smith bomb. Is, I could walk I could walk for his kickoffs and get underneath him the hang time he gets under that lad. <laughs> um, and the million dollar question that I'm going to ask all three of you: 
And in my experience, I imagine this question is going to be a rollover for another million quid next week is when are you going to play in a tournament? Do you know? Tumbleweed. No, no we <laughs> don't. No. no. <laughs> i tell you what, Bernsey, I'll tell you what we do know. We know when we're not going to be playing in tournaments. So in the same way we knew we weren't going to be playing in Dubai, we are not going to be playing in Paris either now, which is due to be the warm-up tournaments. What, Marcuses? Back-to-back. Marcuses uh, is no longer Marcuses. on the cards. Ah, oh, très bien. Tu parlez-vous français? <laughs> we don't have the details, the ins and outs. Um, all we need to know is we're just going to have to stick to smashing each other on the training field for now. I thought of a great suggestion the other day about getting in competition. Um, we, they basically do like a sevens barbarians team just from out of the premiership for the men and the women and then just make us play against them. That was my suggestion. They're doing that in New Zealand, don't they? They've got like Fiji barbarians, Samoa barbarians, just like all random islanders they picked up to play. Exactly, yeah. Literally just get people from the premiership just to stop us absolutely just smashing into each other every week. Like, it's just not fun, is it? And like, um, you just don't know if you're getting better either because you're just playing against each other. So you don't actually know what, what works or what doesn't work. So I was like, yeah, let's let's do a Barbarians, but I don't think anyone will listen to me. But it's throwing it out there into the world, throwing it into the pod, so maybe it will come to life. You know what I mean? That, that is the thing. That does happen. Um, but the problem is, I think uh, the top premiership players are obviously playing premiership, aren't they? So they're yeah. not available. But actually, there must be quite a few people who aren't playing competitive rugby at the moment because there's no, like, what are the academy boys doing if they're not in the first team at the moment, for example? There's no A-League and there's no premiership cup. And the championship isn't, the, the championship is like going, but are there spare players? I'm just, I'm just spitballing. Are there some players who need some rugby? Do we need extra bodies? Don't know. Would it be beneficial for us, though, Burts? The old COVID protocols would wipe it. I think it's got legs, but the only problem is, and I've, we've said it before, it's that you can't just drop in and play sevens. Like the demand on the body, and like the kind of game, like how to play the game. I just think with a little bit of tiny bit of structure from us would be. It'd, be a bit too much you know what I mean and that's not me being begetted saying we're the best team in the world I just know like the be- the teams that win all the invitational stuff is a team with a little bit of structure not structure as such just game know-how more so than chuck it around I don't know well talking about tournaments there have been some happening out in the world and the main one that was been going on in our hemisphere, I don't know, is the Middle East in our hemisphere? It is in our hemisphere, isn't it? Well, it was the not the Dubai Sevens, although the Dubai Sevens will be returning at the end of the year. Thank God for all the international teams and all the invitational teams. Best tournament in the world. This is the Emirates International Sevens. It is taking place at the Dubai Sevens Stadium. There are eight men's teams and there are six women's teams. It's behind closed doors. No fans, no fans. Got no fans. Got no fans. Uh, It's being broadcast, but it's being broadcast without commentators with one fixed camera angle. So it's real spit and stores us stuff. But the teams are out there competing. What did you make of it, guys? Well, Bernsey, that's a nice way to plug yourself for a bit of media work. And I've uh, Bernsey as your agent, Burwell, 
if you Tom Burwell if you'd like to get in touch you've got my number drop me a DM I'll be taking 5% commish I did have preliminary discussions about maybe commentating and they decided to go with no commentator so that's kind of the esteem that I'm held in the media world <laughs> that's why you need an agent Burnsy I'm here for you so the one thing about not having commentary though when it, when it's silent fair enough like that it's a bit it's a bit annoying when there's no sound at all but actually when there isn't any commentary you can hear what the teams are saying on the pitch, which I find really interesting. Um, when there was no fans um, at the NRL, they they didn't have the NRL in the Australian Rugby League. They didn't have um, any commentary on some of the games. You could hear what they're saying, and I think that's really. I don't know. It's quite insightful to hear what teams say to each other when they're on the pitch. Like I'm with you there. I I, I think it's really interesting hearing how different teams communicate. I, that's why I love when people are mic'd up. I think they should do it more. I think it'd be a great feature if you could like click on to that on the if you're watching a normal game if you had like four or five players mic'd up and you could click onto it so you could hear them all the way through i just thought that's a good idea now, i like it i like it with my with my noises corner hat on because i like to hear how different players um communicate one during the plays so like how they're directing traffic especially the back sort of if you get a, a 10 or fullback mic'd up um but also the stoppages the stoppages are interesting did you hear there was one um uh who was it? Aussie captain. Wallaby's captain. Michael Michael Hooper. Hooper. He was mic'd up and it was really interesting hearing how he tried to engage a huddle, like after they just conceded a try. Um certain little triggers he was using to to get people interested and like calling people closer to get them engaged. It was, it was interesting. Uh, Michael Hooper is famous for when he gets a huddle together, he says, Take a step forward so I know you're listening to me. He does that. I think he does that at the start of every huddle. So everyone steps in closer and so he brings in the intimacy, I guess, but also just to draw their attention. Not COVID safe. Not COVID safe. Yeah, two metres. Two metres. Um, but I'm a big fan of the mic'd up stuff. I think it's great. We've done it a bit in, in um, it, for anyone who hasn't seen some of the GB7's sort of short 10 minute clips that are going up on Instagram. Um, you can get a bit of an insight into some of the training and, and boys are mic'd up in that. Well, that, that seems like as good a place to start as anywhere because we all know what brings out the best in Chip. It's talking about Los Pumas, the Argentinian men's sevens team, who, again, Rats. won the tournament. That's three tournaments in a row, Madrid, Madrid, and now Dubai. Should everybody be worried about the Argentinian sevens team for Olympics? No, no. Did you watch the game? <laughs> we were saying this. It's famous last words. Um, I, I watched the final. I turned in, tuned in for the final. I saw a couple of bits of the highlights. Um, France, I don't know what they've been doing. They've been training hard, but not training smart. They didn't look like they were up to that much, to be honest. Um, and the Argentinian tries were kind of nothing like, you know, they weren't setting the world on fire. They're kind of simple mistakes. Maybe the French rustiness and the Argentinians being like tournament ready, as I bet you were touching on before. But yeah, it didn't. I didn't watch them and think, "Oh wow, like they're a good team." That I didn't get that. They're not. A, they are a good team. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I didn't watch them and think, "Wow, that's like a a team I should be like really worried about." I think a bit of that. So the way they play, their style of play, like they never really, when they're at their best, you never look at them and think, "Oh, they're really clicking and they're really like it's really fluid, nice rugby and looks really connected and nice." They're, they're, they are a bit chaotic. It is a bit messy. It is a bit, can be a bit one out, but that's what makes them dangerous. Yeah. And with a bulging trophy cabinet they've got now, maybe that confidence, if they can carry that on, 
maybe they will be one to watch, but I mean, it's a long way out to be having all this success now. Yeah, so we've spoken about Argentina, who won the whole thing, undefeated for the whole weekend. Again, I don't, I don't know if they've lost a game in the Madrid tournaments and in this one. But what's really interesting is the middle of the pack because Kenya, who impressed us so much in Madrid, had a real mixed bag. They drew against France, but they lost to Spain. But then they came back and they got a good win against Canada, who themselves didn't go too well. And then Spain, coming off the back of that beating of Kenya, managed to lose to Chile. So what's going on there? I think there's a bit. Oh, I was gonna. I think there's a bit of some of those teams. This is Canada's first tournament back, so they're and the same for a couple of the teams. So it's bound to be up and down. And also, it throws you playing teams like that you're not used to playing, um, and having players there that are new. So because um, Canada's first game, I think it was, they absolutely trounced. Help me out here, Bernsey. Um, Japan or Uganda? I think it's, yeah, one of the two. Yeah, and so you, you end up having two cruisy games against teams that actually show you very different pictures. So then you play a World Series outfit and then you realise you haven't got out of the blocks at all and then you get you get turned over. That happens, actually happens on the World Series sometimes when you get the, the wild card first up. It can be, it doesn't set you up very well. So I wonder if there's a bit of that, maybe. That's what I was going to say. But I would think we do have to we do have to remember that teams haven't played for so long. Like Canada, great outfit, good team. Haven't played for a year, over a year. Well, one Canadian team that wasn't very rusty was the women who went on to win the tournament. We're not quite sure how they won it because they won five matches and USA won five matches. We're not sure if it was on points difference or try scored or head to head. But ultimately, Canada beat USA. Ca- yeah, alphabetical. You're right, Chip. You're right, Chip. There, how, how I uh, forget these things. But Canada beat USA in the last game of the day and they look pretty good all weekend apart from they did lose to France. Yeah, they they do look they do look pretty good. Um they they just gel well as a team. They had a new a few new players on on the team, but they they just slotted straight in. Um but I was really impressed with them like the whole weekend. It it doesn't really look like they've changed their style of play like that much and COVID's really affected them that much. Of course, they're going to be rusty um, like aerobically and getting back in that sevens heat, but actually their skill set were on point as usual. And to be fair, they, they were unlucky to to lose to France, um, but I guess they, they pulled it out of the bag in, in, in the final, um, but it was... It was interesting just to watch all the teams that weekend, especially that France put in um, a, like an A and a B team as well, which I found quite interesting. Um, but yeah. Do you know who needs bigging up though? Out of all the teams out there is Brazil. Because Brazil beat France, they beat Kenya and they beat Japan. Pretty, pretty good from the Brazilians. Yeah, real good. That I've been watching a few of like the um, the Instagram clips that they've been putting up about um, just training and trying to improve themselves. And it looks like on on the series they weren't really a force to be reckoned with. They they came bottom of the table nearly every tournament. Um, but actually, I think that they've. I, I think from my knowledge, they have been training like quite quite frequently throughout the whole of COVID. Um, so like it's it's shown they've they've nailed down a few of the things that typically they weren't very good at before, which was defensively, but also allowed to unlock a bit of their attacking potential as well. They've got great players on that team. Um, so 
like they're starting to unlock that now, which is it's real good to see considering that they weren't really a recognizable force on the series. Well, Bert, that's your view of the action that was going out on in the sandpit at the weekend. But somebody who was out in the mix in the action was USA Eagles Alona Ma. And we are blessed to have her up in seventh heaven. Alona Ma up in seventh heaven. What an absolute pleasure. The TikTok sensation, Low Ma, <laughs> up in the clouds. I don't know if I'm happy that that's what I'm known for now, but okay, I'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) But you're joining us from Dubai. How is it out there for the Emirates Sevens? It's good. It's insanely hot. Um, I think we forget, you know, we're from Southern California, so we get like 70 degrees and then we came here and it's like, okay, you're, you're in an oven, you're baking out there. It's a different level. That's, it's like 37 degrees Celsius for our UK listeners. Yeah, I don't know what Celsius is, but it's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit for us Americans, all right? <laughs> so, but it's been good. I mean, we're just doing all our, it's kind of like cool prep for Tokyo too, because we're it's supposed to be like really humid, I guess, and hot there. So we're kind of having some fun trying out like popsicles and cold towels and like figuring out what we're going to do. So it's been good. So what, you've got pitch side popsicles? Yeah, you know, like Pedialyte, what they give the kids? Well, I'll tell you what, they are delicious. <laughs> All right. And so we went, before we go out to games, they're handing us these like popsicles and I'm just slurping it up, ready to go play some seven. It's great. We, um, I think when we were in South Africa, we tried mouthwash yes. before the game, like swig mouthwash, get it out of you. And then it's meant to like cool your temperature down. And it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever done ever. And I was like, Fair enough, I feel a bit cooler now, guys. Yeah, worked a treat. <laughs> it's one thing our dietitian has, has us do is we, you chew like mint gum and then you take ice cold water and like the, the mint gum with the cold water is like a blast of coldness or something. I don't really do it, but she <laughs> says you can do this <laughs> to cool yourself down. It's mental how the games evolved to like all these different bits to add on now what, what makes a difference to a performance. Like... People just trying so much stuff. Like, it's absolutely nuts. Yeah. You saw the Canadian men one tournament were wearing, like, beanies that were soaked in the cold water. And then the French team wears, like, ice vests when mm-hmm. they go out. So everyone's getting crafty now. When we go away, Ellie Kildun, she... um she puts ice in her pants before we go out to go play. And she's literally just shoving ice down her shorts. Getting ready because, because she's like, I'm too hot. I'm too hot. Like, this is the way that's going to cool me down. It's just ice down your sports bra, ice down your pants. Like, that's the only way around it. Or otherwise, yeah. just baking. Burns it. I have to try it. <laughs> That has literally blown my mind. What a start. Look, Burts, you've got to be pretty jealous of Low out in Dubai actually playing some sevens. I am so jealous. I'm like, I think from like a rugby point of view, like seeing how well you lot are doing and like the prep that you guys are doing, it does, it does make you think, oh, wow. Like they're on like a, another level at the moment getting in all this prep. So it's, it's something that you, you kind of have to try not to look at too much or you, especially from like our point of view, we'll be like, oh gosh, like we, we haven't done that, that many tournaments, but actually like it's great that you lot are able to do that and have the 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 opportunity to do that as well. So I'm so jealous. Yeah, it's it's been cool to see. I mean, I think it was tough um, in the beginning of the pandemic when you would like look at the New Zealand girls and you probably felt this way. You look at New Zealand and the Australian girls and they're 
they're playing over there and you're like, Oh gosh, okay. They're getting better every day. And I'm out here doing a solo workout with bands. Like, yeah, it, it, it is hard. And then even now I, I can imagine you guys getting back into training, like, okay, we got a lot we want to do in such a short amount of time. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's, 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 it's intense, but yeah, like you guys from watching you in Madrid to watching you guys now in Dubai, it looks like you've come on like leaps and bounds. Like you can definitely see the progression that you guys have had, um, throughout the, the tournaments, the tournament from Madrid to now. Do you, do you feel that? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, it is a, it is wild to just be training. Cause you really have no idea how you're at, how you actually are. It's kind of like, well, we could be really good, but we're playing against each other. We could be actually really bad compared to the other team. So it was a good time in Madrid to play against the other teams to kind of get a feel of for where we, where we're at and what little things we could sharpen. So in that, you know, two weeks we had of training when we got back, it was just a good time to sharpen. And then here it's like, we have film on other teams. We kind of know we've played France. We know what they're about. So it, it, it was a good experience in Madrid. And now I think we've just kind of brought it to another level. And so hopefully can continue to bring it to another level after this. So what were the things that you guys were trying to sharpen after Madrid? Just for the listeners, you guys didn't make the final on the first week of Madrid and then your tournament got cut short because of COVID complications with another team. So you pulled out of the tournament. I mean, your kickoffs went viral, that's for sure. But what were some of the things that you were looking to sharpen up? I think what we were looking to sharpen up is we weren't really playing our USA way. Um, we were kind of playing this like really sideline to sideline game where sometimes our, our passing lines would be great, but we weren't getting that meterage from it. And, you know, we're a big, powerful team. Like we can hit through the middle and create something from it. But I think we were just um, playing a little bit passive, which isn't us. We're, we should, we're, we're a hard hitting team. So watching the film, it was like, wow, okay, well, our passes were great, but we, we stayed in the same 10 meters the whole time. So that was great to watch. Um, I think it was also just looking at some of the realignment on defense was like, all right, this isn't where it should be. You know, are, what are we looking at? Are we marking a man? Are we marking person? Are we connecting with each other? So it was, those, it's those simplest things, but really just by playing somebody else, you can really pick up on it and see what you need to get better at. What about Nia Tolliver, who was MVP, not just for you, but for the whole tournament this weekend out in Dubai? Yeah. Um, she's new on the scene. She's such a powerful runner. She played for a couple of years in Japan. She's pretty young, um, but she played for a couple of years in Japan and she's just one of those who, I mean, can keep her legs moving and just can run right through. I mean, the France game, she had a picked right off the rock, just a dummy and then just ran right through. So um, one of the hardest people to tackle, she's still new. So we still are like, you know, really helping her out, but I think she's going to be key for the future of this team. And um, I mean, in Kenya, she scored five tries. It was like, all right, give it to Nia. <laughs> five tries. Oh, that's better than your favorite Russian player from Madrid, Bertz. I can't say her name. Which one is that? I can't say it. <laughs> El- El- Elena Zhukova. Yes, Bertz. Yes, progress. Yeah, get in. <laughs> <laughs> so the team's out in Dubai. Just to clear up as well, you guys won every game until the last one against Canada, which you lost. So you came yeah. second. How did that, it was that done on the head-to-head or was it try scores? Because the points difference was one point difference yeah. between you and Canada. So we're still a little confused about that. And um, I don't know, what, we, we, we lost to Canada. So we, 
we lost, but um, I'm not sure how they fully did it because they lost to France one game and then we lost to them. And then I don't, my, one of my teammates, you know, Kirsch, who like, she's always calculating things. So she calculated up all the points. And so I'm not sure how they decided the winner there, but if it was a gold medal match, Canada won it. So, um, but it was a good game. We just didn't bring what we could have in that Canada game. They were very sharp. They just hit everything. I think uh, our, we just had some things to clean up our tackle height, just a lot of unforced turnovers, really. Um, not good placement on the ground, couple aerials that I think could have gone our way. I knocked one on myself and I still dream about it at night. Um, but it, it was a tough game, but I mean, Canada's a tough opponent. So it's kind of cool that we get to play them next weekend though, to see what we can do. Yeah, I like, I like the back-to-back tournament, like the back-to-back weekends. Like, I know that the men have that on the, on the well, they did have that on the series quite a bit. And we only had, I think it was like two rounds that were meant to be back-to-back. Um, but it's such a great way to do it. Like, even though it absolutely wrecks your body, like yeah. you're just like picking yourself together, getting ready to go for the next weekend. It's actually such a great way to do it because if you've, done really poorly in the week before it's such an easy time for you don't have to wait mm-hmm. like another month and a half like you can just go again the next weekend um yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to like watching you guys next weekend and seeing how you all match up again it's it's exciting like it, it make when i'm watching i want to be playing as well but it's exciting to watch you guys play which that's that's all you want to do is just be playing sevens traveling the world in it so uh, i'm getting fomo Soon, hopefully, right? Soon. They keep saying, like, Dubai will return in December. So I'm like, I'm holding you to it. If you cancel this thing, I swear to goodness. So we'll see. What do you think of the other teams who you've played against in Dubai? You've obviously played against a few of them in Madrid. So maybe some of them have improved as well, like Spain, like Kenya, France as well. France have got two teams in the tournament, though. Yeah, so they have two teams. So um, we played France one um, the first day and then France two the second day. But I think uh, they'll have just one team in this next weekend because they're sending their uh, couple girls back for like the six nations or something like that so we played France and France is always such a good I mean they're they're a stellar comp- uh, competition they move the ball so well they hit on so well and their tackling is um, really unmatched as well we played um, and then it is good to play some teams like Kenya Japan and, and who aren't normally on the circuit because you do get to try out a little bit more things like Nia can score five tries against um against them and then playing teams like um, Brazil and maybe teams we'll even match up with in Tokyo is really nice. So we can get some data on them and, and learn. Um, And then again, it's just great to play like Canada and France because those are, you know, your kind of your rivals. Those are the girls who always give you a good game. So it is fun to have that real competition here in Dubai. But you, but you were saying you were impressed with Japan. Yeah. Even though actually when I look back at it, Japan actually didn't do that well in the tournament, but I was impressed with their progression that they've had from um, when we've been on the series before. They they haven't been that dominant within like physicality, but actually like watching them this weekend, it looks like they, it's actually something that they've really worked on and their their physical aspect of the game has improved a lot, I think. And like fair play to them, they go through phases and like in defense, they, they are a hard team to break down in defense. They're really good at those spot tackles hitting two people, hitting two of them going in, hitting one person. Like they are good at that. And I think that they've definitely improved. I don't know how it felt like playing against them. Like 
Um, I mean, I felt that way, but I think uh, even before the game, we were talking, you know, we go over every team, and it was that one thing was about Japan is that they're great tactical tacklers. Yeah. Like, they just, they have that technique down right, you know, where some teams like, get it down as, the only way you can, but Japan has good body height. They do everything well. Um, maybe it's the scrum caps. Maybe I need to get one of those, but um, they, they're good, and it's fun to play them, and hopefully, you know, we get to play them in Japan in front of their um, – Home home stadium, so we can see. One night and heaven. Hey, like, let's talk. Let's talk about USA. I'd really like to know more about how your team's constructed because I know that the guys have got a load of crossover athletes, and obviously rugby's an emerging sport in the USA. But you girls have taken it like ducks to water. Obviously, you won Glendale last year. Uh, the first tournament of the series. So like, where are you getting your athletes from and what's the sort of development path for women out there in the States? I think what's so cool about our team is that you know, for us, I mean, rugby isn't big in America, so we're all crossover athletes, as you said. I mean, all of us played high-level sports in college as well. We have D1 basketball players, D1 soccer players, D1 um, softball players. So I was actually like listening to your podcast when you had Marcus Smith on and he was talking about crossover athletes and how, or like not crossover, but like being playing a lot of sports. And I think that's what makes us so good is that we didn't grow up playing rugby, but we played all these other different sports. So like Stephanie Robetti um, on our team, she played basketball D1. So she, her vision and her ability to offload and pass and see the field is like something that's such, it's such a basketball player in her. Um, I mean, Kirsch is a soccer player, the way she can just strike onto the ball. So I think we're just built up of, and I think a lot of people get this perception of us is that we're just athletes who play rugby. So what we're trying to change is that we're rugby players. Um, and we're not just these, you know, brutes, which we, we are, we're amazing athletes, <laughs> but we also, um, are slowly in uh, learning the game and becoming rugby players. And so that we're thinking it cause we're, we didn't grow up thinking rugby. I think it, which is something that is maybe different um, to like the New Zealand girls um, growing up, playing it, playing flag and stuff. This was something that we're learning every day. So it takes a lot of film, a lot of um, having the willingness to learn, I guess, and having great coaches like Christopher Brown, like Matt Long. So it's it's, it's mad. Like when, Obviously, there's a lot of like TV programs about all these different sports in America and rugby just doesn't really come up that much. But as, as you said, like that you don't want to be known as these athletes who have come across to rugby, but actually the, the range of people that you have within your squad just allows you guys to be up there with everybody else on, on that physicality level. And that the fact now that you're saying that, yeah, the skill level and rugby is improving so much, like that you only see you guys going up. Do you know what I mean? From the, like, from where you are now, which like, it's exciting, but it's that's scary for like these teams, for us lot who've been, a lot of us who've been playing rugby, uh, some of our girls have been playing rugby since so, like four years old. Um, and it's like, where, where, do, where do you go from there? <laughs> where do you go? <laughs> Just hop in the gym, start down in protein <laughs> shakes at that point, I guess. <laughs> How does, how does the rugby sit alongside the nursing then? Or are you like fully full-time? No, and I would love to because I do love nursing and I love um, taking care of people and I love the medical field, but I have such a, so much more to learn and I'm at a time where I want to focus on rugby. I've, I've talked to nurses, talked to my mom, and they're like, what, you have a chance to play for the USA team and be a pro athlete and travel the world? Go do that. There's always going to be sick people. You're fine. 
So I don't nurse right now. Um, I continue to keep up my license. So if anyone asks, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. <laughs> would I trust myself to do anything? Not really, no. But I have a piece of paper that says I am. Um, but currently, I'm just taking some classes as well, just to like continue, kind of keep my brain going. Um, it's, it's cool that like, so I, like I went into professional sport literature at the age of 18. So I don't really have any other qualification other than knowing how to pass a rugby ball around, which is actually quite worrying. Um, but so at least like when, when you're saying they're like still keeping up with your, with your nursing and stuff like that, that I find that a lot of our girls, because they haven't done anything in so many years, like their brains are turning into mush because they, they don't know anything else. So it's like, it's cool to hear that like out of choice, you still like want to do that after you finish playing. It's not like you've had like a, a midlife crisis gone yet. Yeah, I don't want to do that no more. So it's, it's cool to hear that you, you still want to do that and you're still learning while playing rugby full time. Yeah. Well, a couple reasons. First off, I get the classes for free. And then I told my dad, I got the classes for free. And so now he's gung ho about it and I can't stop. That's the <laughs> first reason. Second reason is I do, I do think I want to be a leader someday, be a CEO, be a, a CFO would be something like that. And so to do that, I never wanted to be like, well, this man is a man. We'll go choose him because, uh, but I'm like, no, I have my masters. I play, play professional sports. I'm, you know, that kind of shows you're an athlete. Like I want to have all these things to show like, no, she's the better candidate and she can lead with um, more knowledge and more experience. So just, just add to that resume, just stack up the pieces of paper that I can show people, you know? Do you know what? We were talking about this earlier today on the phone, but uh, that obviously you're both professional rugby players. I work in rugby in the media. And sometimes, although we love it, just get so saturated with being in rugby the whole time. Like you're completely immersed by it. I think it's so important to have other parts to your life and you're just you're just taking little elements that aren't part of rugby and you can bring them in to make yourself a better professional in whatever sphere you do. And it's just like a nice a nice tonic so that when you get back into the rugby full time, you're like, yes, I love this because you've gone and had a taste of, of things elsewhere in the world. You can't just be like chocolate flavored the whole time. You've got, you've got to be dipping it all over the ice cream parlor of life, you know? And I think it's kind of interesting with this pandemic has kind of showed you as well that there's a lot more you can be doing. So before when it was that crunch time for the Olympics, I think it was like, everyone was like, just Olympics. I can't have fun. I can't do this. I have to eat chicken and broccoli. It's like, there's so much more out there. And I, I kind of, it's, you know, the pan pandemic has sucked, but it's taught me like, if you're waiting for one thing to happen and putting all of your cards on that table, it can be very damaging when it doesn't. I mean, for a lot of these people who, the Olympics is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be so cool. But in our sport, if you put all of your time into just that, knowing injury, so many other things can occur. It's like, you have to find the ways to continue to better yourself, continue to live your life without being completely consumed by rugby and this dream. Cause there's so much more that can come with it. Um, so uh, COVID uh, sucks, but here we are learning life lessons, you know, we're all learning how to podcast. Yeah, everyone's. I mean, if you have a podcast at this point, who are you? Yeah, what, are you what are you even doing? Like, this is a good opportunity for you to give your pod a plug, like. Yes, let me let me give it a plug. So I actually started doing a podcast 
with my teammate Naya. Naya Tapper. She's the fast one. You guys know her. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, she's her and I are very similar. I think we're very have um, kind of loud, outspoken individuals outspoken ladies so we just kind of got together and did this podcast we called the leos then because we're both leos which is our like our star sign and um i guess leos are like confident and loud so we're like let's do this so <laughs> everyone else has a podcast we're like why can't we and we talk about everything dating food body confidence check it out <laughs> i love that it's, it, it just shows like when like what burns was just saying then we're not just rugby players like we have all this other life to us like what you've just said there like I think some people forget that we're that we're actual human beings and mm-hmm. <laughs> that we actually don't just play rugby. Like everything you've that you've just said there, and I especially love the bit about the body confidence. You know, you know what I'm what I'm like having my own body confidence yeah. page, and to see like you coming out as well, um, to be able to speak about body confidence on such uh like on on social media, like it's a stage that people are so scared to be able to put themselves out in and to see another professional athlete doing it as well. Like it's, it's made me feel like more confident that I, that I can keep pushing with it as well. Um, but I love that you're so passionate about it as well. Like where, where did all that passion like come from with it? I think what it's like, you know, as you, as we both know, it's like a learning process. And one thing I'm like using this as is to show that, pro athletes aren't just six pack toned uh, people like they're very normal looking bodies. Like I think it was, it's hard for me as we've talked about and stuff is like, I'm a comparer and you, you're, you're flooded with these images of these athletes. And it's like, okay, well shoot, do I need to eat what she's eating? Like, should I be cutting down? Because that's that she's eating an egg should I eat like one egg like what what do I do so I think it's just been cool and I think I mean I'm still learning to love my body like it's taken I don't think it was until senior year of high school where I started to just learn it because I've always been a big girl and I've seen on your page too you know you talk about we we're constantly labeled as masculine manly because of how built we are because of how strong we are and um like through my tiktoks through like instagram just kind of shedding light on the different body types there are because there is something comforting in seeing somebody else do it. And then it gives you that, that confidence to as well show it as to, to show your side and show your body. So, I mean, absolutely positive is one of my favorite Instagram pages. So it's just, it. it's what we're doing for the girls. We do it for the girls. All right. Yeah, the young, exactly. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. And, like and the boys too. Okay, yeah, and, and the voice, the voice. Sorry. and the voice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like it's it's just one of those things that like rugby is such an inclusive sport, especially within like the like you see it more within like the, the women the women's side of it all, like that everybody looks completely different, and that's the thing that I love most about rugby, and that like and you see it not in in other teams as well, like everyone looks completely different, and that's mm-hmm. the amazing thing about it, and it's just as you said, just shedding light on that we don't all look the same and that's exactly what you're doing. And I'm loving it. And I'm loving it that you're doing it through TikToks as well. Like, yeah, honestly, it's a lot of work. Um, and it is like, I am on my phone constantly trying to find the new trends to show to people. Um, it kind of started in, in Madrid at a Madrid tournament. I like was, did it. Nicole showed me TikTok and I was like, Oh my God, we can do this. And so we did this and I started to like, wait a second, we're getting a little bit of traction. So I like started to post constantly and it, it's been just picking up. And I think it's been a really cool platform now to show off 
my team and not just myself and help kind of market us because it's, we don't have, you know, the, we don't have brand managers. We'd have to pay for our own agents. We don't have people who are doing that for us and we don't make, you know, the money that we can do that. So it is cool that we have all these platforms to create. Um, it's a lot of work, but it is, I am kind of like using it almost as another part of my job because I have to brand myself and market myself because I don't, I don't have the money for an agent. So it's been fun to see the progress and um, see that I can reach so many people on this app. I mean, I have my sister's friends of a friend of a friend messaging her saying, Hey, your sister showed up my for you page. So I love that. So I just think giving the exposure before the Olympics is going to be key. And then hopefully we can just expand from there. Um, and I, I love that my team is all willing to do it. So I can put them in it and I can show them, Hey, look at these. I just posted a TikTok today of my two teammates and their stellar abs. And then, you know, everyone's like, who the heck is that in the background? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so it is a lot of work, but I'm not doing it really just like, you know, I'm not making really any money on it. I just, doing it to get myself out there and to market myself because I think if we want it, it's also to grow the game. Like if we want to grow this game, we need these people out there showing what rugby sevens is showing who these players are, getting them more an insight into the players. Um, and so that's what I think myself, you know, what Nia is trying to do. We're all just trying to really push out rugby sevens to the world. So TikTok's the new thing. You got to do it. Let's 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 wrap things up. Looking ahead to the weekends in Dubai, still, are you going to get revenge on your North American nemesises? The North American nemesises, I like that. Um, I would, I hope so. I think um, you know it's, it was a good learning moment there. I think we weren't as crisp as we could be, and so it's really whoever shows up to play that day. I think we're very level. France, Canada, and us are pretty pretty all level and I, it's whoever really brings their energy and brings their a game that day so we have to figure out what we can do to do that do you know what i've missed out on an important question have you got time for one last question of course yes uh i want to know about the famous team usa women's sevens nights out because Bert's and i were chatting and apparently you lot are the go-to on a night out after the sevens because we love the ruggers here in seventh heaven but we also love the social. First off, I have a video of um, birds picking me up and saying, let's go nightclub. Come on, <laughs> let's go nightclub. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, and birds can attest, I think at least myself and a couple others on my team and the Irish are great at partying too, but I love to meet new people. Like we're social creatures, birds, I think. And so when we go to these tournaments, I'm like, I am dead afterwards, but I'm not going to miss out on the opportunity to go drink with the Irish. All right. Like this, these are the moments. And that's what I'm saying is like, we put so much stock in the rugby, but it's like, these are the moments where we get to meet so many people and go to so many and the memories we make. And like, I'm not, I'm never going to forget when you pick me up, you know, in France, I'm never going to forget what else we probably, we probably done some other stupid stuff that I, I can't think of now, but are, I'm going to remember later. Like, it's just, I, I love making memories and I love meeting people. And I think, yeah, a lot of times that involves going out and when you're bruised up, banged up, but those are the nights when you have the most fun when you're hanging out with girls from other countries who barely speak your language. Like I give me a shot at skill. Let's go. You know, <laughs> 
literally it's there. That was one of the things when I went into the sevens, I said, I want to be able to meet new people from different countries. Like the rugby is great, but to be able to meet new people. And it's, and it's one of the things like whenever we go on nights out, as you said, the Irish, you lot, the New Zealand girls, like they're all, like, it's always class. And those are the memories that you build. So then when you next see each other, it's game on, on the pitch, but off the pitch, like you're really good mates. And like, yeah. that's, that's what you get with rugby. And it's been interesting. Like I, I'm seeing the Canadian girls and I just want to go up and like hug them and be like, how are you? What's going on? What's happening in life? Like we play such a, a, a aggressive game but then once we get off the pitch, I, I love that a lot of people are just able to be like, hey, remember that tackle? You blew me back five meters or whatever. And then we just can connect. So yeah, rugby is so special. Nice note to finish on. Lo, what a pleasure to have you in seventh heaven. You're welcome back anytime. Yes, thank you. Splendid. <laughs> it's been great and I can't wait. So I, I see you next on the pitch and we can have a, we can have a pint afterwards. So yeah, oh can't my wait gosh, for that. I can't wait. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Alona Mar, or low to you and I, Bert, because we're super tight with low these days. Boys, it's a shame you couldn't join us because really, really interesting chat. Awesome player and one of those big characters that the USA just seem to have an abundance through their men's and women's team. I know, a bit of FOMO from me and Chip. Um, feel like we're very much on the outside looking in for this one. Um, but excited to, to catch up with it. I mean, she, she is a real character. I think you can, I don't know her personally, but picking up on her social media. And um, that's sort of what the game needs. Like, it needs characters to drive it, um, as well as um, characters who happen to be very good rugby players as well. It's a double whammy. Yeah, just one of those like, you have a lot of empowering women on the series, like her being one of them, Niall Williams from New Zealand, who has two young children, two young girls. And like, there's so many women on the series who just are just so empowering. And it's a great like environment, sisterhood, I would call it, um, to be to be involved in. Um, and she she's a big character within within that. So it was great to have her on. The sisterhood of the traveling circus. Yes, love that. That is what we are. See what I did there. <laughs> that's got that's got Netflix documentary written all over it. That was a play on the sisterhood of the traveling pants, my friends. Blank faces. You, blank your face. cultural references are blank face and I think it was a Britney Spears world, movie, mate. wasn't it? Um, you know anyway. Britney Spears. So I'm not going to question you on it, Bernsey. <laughs> Might have to fact check that one. <laughs> okay, guys. It's round two of the Emirates International Sevens this weekend. Hit me with your predictions before we wrap this pod up. Anyone but Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> no, on a, seri- on a serious note, um, I think France this weekend. I just think Argentina didn't look too special. I think France will have learned a bit from their from like what 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 went wrong this with this weekend, and they'll bounce back second tournament. They're an experienced team. If Barat gets back from being injured because he um, got a knock in a warm up, he's rolled his ankle. He's been for a scan today, but he doesn't think it's too bad. Um, but if he gets back in, he'll be pulling strings, and I'm back in France. I think France have got a too, few too many uh, inexperienced faces to to do the business if they're if they're in their team. I'm actually going to back the boys. Uh, the Maple Leaves lads and back them to get their act together. Say a good team, got some good players out there. I think they'll they'll bring home the bacon or elk or moose. 
whatever they have over there. Maple so- bacon or oh, pancakes. Oh. Yeah. I don't eat bacon, mate. Get that on your pancakes. Bacon substitute. <laughs> so I would have gone with the French women, but getting the low down from low with them sending with them sending back, uh, the French sending back some of their girls to Six Nations, I'm going to have to back the USA. I think from our interview uh, with Alona, she was, she was real confident that they were going to bounce back. And I think it would be a, good, a great progression from Madrid to now winning the second week in Dubai. But yeah, so I think that USA are going to bring home the American bacon this weekend. Or bacon substitute. <laughs> Whatever okay. it is. Oh, I'm delirious. That seems like a perfect opportunity to stick a fork in this pod because it is done. It's been awesome to have you back in the clouds. Thank you to our guests, Alona Ma. Thank you to Chip, Mitch, Burtz for her full episode and... Well, let's thank me as well while I'm here. Thank you, Bernsey. We're going to be back. <laughs> thank you, Bernsey. Thank you, Bernsey. Thank you, Bernsey. We're going to be back uh, next week with, well, who knows? We say it's a surprise to you, but we actually don't know yet. But don't worry, we'll be there and you'll love it. So from all of us up in the clouds, up in seventh heaven, it is adios. See you Bye. Peace out.